Hi, my name's Alex Kelly, co-founder of Bright Flag, and this is In-House Outliers, a podcast where I interview those who've taken unconventional paths and challenged conventional notions of how in-house legal should operate. I'm delighted to be joined today by Zach Rosenblatt. Zach is Legal Operations Senior Manager at the Kraft Heinz Company. Zach, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Alex. I'm excited to be here today. Exciting stuff we're going to talk about. Well, Zach, let's start at the beginning. What led you to studying finance at the University of Minnesota? That's an interesting question, Alex. I think the earliest time I can remember being interested in math would be being driven around by my father when I was a young kid, and I'd pull his calculator out of his briefcase, and I'd just start typing things in and say what I was typing in. And I always thought it was really cool that he'd guess the correct answer after typing in maybe 15 or 20 um, different things into the calculator. So I think that was my first interest in math. I studied finance and philosophy at the University of Minnesota. I remember my, my first semester of college uh, being really interested in macroeconomics and philosophy. And I was actually going to double major and ended up dropping the philosophy major my senior year because I, I was ready to get out and start working. Uh, that's, that's really interesting. Just out of curiosity, any favorite philosophers or things that you found particularly interesting? Uh, I wasn't aware that you got to study philosophy as part of your uh, degree as well. Oh man, Alex, it's been a long time. I don't know if I have a favorite philosopher off the top of my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's a tough one. And, and maybe then, Zach, when you were leaving the University of Minnesota, what was that first job you took out of college? Yeah, when I left the University of Minnesota, I had a really exciting job as a financial analyst at Kimberly Clark. So I supported a manufacturing facility in Wisconsin as their financial analyst. And I gained a lot of technical expertise in SAP and of the you know manufacturing process from end to end. And I think it was really exciting seeing raw materials come in, finished product go out, and then see that product on the shelves and know that you had something to do with getting that done. And you, as you mentioned, you spent four years at Kimberly Clark at that early stage in your career. And I know your role evolved and, and you progressed there over time. Can you maybe walk us through that progression and how your role changed? Yeah, absolutely. So I enjoyed my role as financial analyst, but I think I knew that a business analysis wasn't where I wanted to spend my entire career. So I got some exposure early on to their risk management function, and it seemed like really exciting work that they were doing, trying to educate the company on risk appetite and smart risk taking and how to think about you know, taking risks and being more open to doing new things. So after about a year and a half in the financial analyst position, I took an opportunity within the global risk management organization where I was responsible for the company's liability insurance. I got to work very closely with their litigation department on a lot of ongoing litigation. And I found that world really exciting of trying to, you know, protect and defend the company. Yeah, that was my, my first exposure into, I'd say, the corporate legal world. That's really interesting, Zach, and, and something I think with every podcast guest uh, we've had on so far, I've discussed is the fact that like the trajectory that has led people to becoming a legal operations leader is anything kind of but linear. And those early career experiences can be really helpful 
in in giving you some skills that stand to you in that future career as in legal operations. From your time at, at Kimberly Clark, were there anything now with the benefit of hindsight, were there any skills that you developed that have really stood to you when you subsequently moved into legal operations? Yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot of just the technical knowledge and being really good at using Excel was something that I probably would not have developed to the degree that I did if I hadn't worked in finance as an entry-level employee. So that's something that I use to this day, right? I'm always just trying to get an export of all the data I can and then pivot that however it's most useful for the task. And then I would say also just the risk management mindset is extremely useful in legal operations and helping pull people back who might be stuck on a certain problem and try and get them to think about the issue more holistically and the the value to the company before trying to problem solve. That's really interesting. And yeah, obviously the kind of financial skills and technical skills using Excel, given how important kind of the financial management aspect is to the kind of legal operations competencies is really interesting. But I hadn't discussed with somebody before that kind of that understanding of risk and that, that the kind of methodologies you might've used when you're in a role there, how, how that actually translates it to the, the world of legal operations. Uh, and I'm curious, what, what led you then into legal operations? You know, it's funny. When I was interviewing with Kraft Heinz, I had not heard of legal operations before. And I, I actually thought that they had made the title up for the position. So I had no experience in legal operations, but I think that both the recruiter and I saw a really interesting overlap of the finance with the operations experience with the exposure and interest in litigation and, you know, prior interest in potentially going to law school with my almost philosophy major. So yeah, that was, that was all I knew before joining. Was there anything that attracted you to Kraft Heinz as a company specifically? Yeah, I'm, really into brands and I think you know the Kraft Heinz brands are so iconic and I think everyone can think back to when they were a child and experiencing some of these products and how it shaped so much of what we eat today you know seeing the Queen or Ed Sheeran celebrating the Heinz brand and our ketchup after over 150 years is just a really exciting thing to be a part of. Yeah, it is certainly one of the most iconic brands in the world. And maybe then, can you walk us through what the legal team structure at Kraft Heinz looked like when you joined? Yeah, absolutely. So the legal function is not just legal, right? So we have ESG, environmental, social, and governance, and government affairs as well. So the purpose of the legal ESG and government affairs function is to sustainably grow and protect our people, business, and brands. So not only are we responsible for protecting the company, which is what most legal departments are here for, but we also fight world hunger and drive sustainability in our manufacturing processes and supply chain, which I think is a really exciting additional kind of area that I get to work on. We have a very matrixed organization, so we will have, you know, we're separated by region, but then also by practice area. So in the United States, we'll have subject matter experts or centers of excellence on, you know, areas of law that require some more expertise. So regulatory, data privacy, employment law, and then outside of the U.S., it's more of a generalized structure. And so, Zach, it's fair to say that's a reasonably 
complex and broad department and organization in terms of things sitting within your remit. Where would you say the organization was in terms of legal operations maturity when you joined? Yes, it's a really good question. So when I joined, legal operations was one person who I was replacing, right? And I had no experience in legal operations. So it was really nice just getting to kind of build from the ground up a legal operations team. So we've since added one headcount in our international zone. So my counterpart who sits in London, and then we are actually currently hiring. So a little plug here for a legal operations coordinator that would report to me. So we've gone from one to hopefully three very soon people. That, that's great. And we're, we're always uh, excited to be able to, to promote new roles in the, in the legal ops ecosystem. So we'll certain, be certain to mention that. In terms of the core areas of focus then in your role since you joined, what have they been? Yeah, so when I joined, there was really no legal operations strategy. So it's something that my manager and I have been working to identify. So we really think about legal ops at Kraft Heinz in three buckets. So finance, people, and technology. So under finance, you know, very traditional legal ops focus where we own the budget, we own the relationship with our finance team and making sure that we have all the processes in place to forecast and budget and, uh, you know, report to our budget as well. And then in our people area, we have communications, we have development of our people, engagement, making sure that we are, you know, getting the best talent, a diverse team, giving them the experiences and the education they need to develop their skill sets and grow within the company. And then under technology, of course, we have all the software and tools that the team needs, as well as making sure that we have a legal representation within the broader company for tools that maybe aren't owned by the legal department. So thinking about records management and retention and things like that. So given the size of your team and the relative size of the organization, that's obviously an ambitious roadmap and plan. And what, where were there kind of specific areas of focus in the first kind of three months, six months within the role? Yes. Yeah, so I would say, I mean, one of the big things that we did right off the bat was around crisis management, which I think helped us have a little more comfort around focusing on some of the other not as urgent issues. So we did not have a flexible crisis management framework when I joined the company. And that was something that my at the time boss and I put together for the company. And we do training across the organization to help leaders understand the the proper way to manage and escalate crises that could come up in their areas. And I think that having that framework in place gave us some more flexibility around what we wanted to tackle next. And Zach, given your experience in Kimberly Clark and risk, was it, were you able to draw on that in, in the kind of the methodologies and the approach that you put in place there? Absolutely. I think a lot of risk management principles are better to lift and shift than to try and recreate the wheel, right? Very similar risks and frameworks apply across not just organizations, but across sectors. And Zach, do you think that's kind of unique to Kraft Heinz, that that's sitting under your remit as a responsibility and sitting easily with you because of your previous experience or speaking to other legal operations professionals? Do you see that as part of their, their kind of core, core responsibilities typically? 
I think it's unusual to have legal operations so involved in the organization's risk management, but I don't think it's unusual for it to be within the legal responsibility. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. And when you think about everything you've worked on in your time at Kraft Heinz, is there a specific project that you feel has had the biggest impact on legal service delivery to the business? So when I joined Alex, we were really in our infancy with the legal operations strategy. And so one thing I wanted to do was to try and create more white space for me to, you know, have time with my peers and benchmark across the industry to understand where we should be prioritizing our efforts. And so one thing when I joined that we were doing was a very manual process for measuring the performance of our team, which ends up involved in the calculation that determines people's bonus payouts across the company. So it's a very important process, but it's one that was just very manual and taking up a lot of my time. So I actually worked with our developers in India to create a custom application that freed up almost three entire days a month of my time, which really allowed me to step back and look at how we can better structure our team. So it, it gave me the time to build the case for adding a legal operations coordinator. It gave me time to think about how we're gonna move forward with matter management, e-billing, contract management, and bigger projects like that. So I think the first step was just creating the white space for us to think about how we're gonna add value. And it's so interesting, Zach, because both for in-house lawyers in the day-to-day -day of their own role, they can get kind of mired in the kind of fire hose of legal service requests coming their way from the business or administrative work that they need to do, which can, can really be a blocker to kind of having time to do more strategic work or more strategically partner with the business. And as you obviously highlighted for legal operations professionals, the kind of the step change initiatives can be impeded by having to just keep the lights on. And, and that's, that's so smart in terms of identifying a specific job that had to get done, finding a way to automate it, and then leveraging that time to focus on the, on the bigger picture. That's really smart. And in an organization at, at Kraft Heinz scale, I presume, there is just so many different requests coming across your desk that, that you need to just find ways to kind of eliminate some low hanging fruit. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you bring up the administrative piece of it too, because one thing that I get kind of frustrated with everywhere, and this is across the entire industry, but is attorneys doing work that doesn't require a doctor of law to be doing, right? And so it's something that I, I kind of see as my main objective is to try and reduce the amount of non-legal substantive work that our attorneys are doing. And, and Zach, out of curiosity, what is this, the overall size of the legal team in terms of headcount? We have about 150 across legal ESG and government affairs globally. Big organization, but pretty lean for a company of 38,000. Yeah, it is. Presumably it is lean and it's finding ways to eliminate usage of that in-house team, like very, very talented, very, very experienced resources that may find themselves bogged down doing things that that could be outsourced that could be automated that that are not kind of actually moving moving things forward for the organization exactly and hopefully rely less on outside counsel well there you go yeah <laughs> and, and moving on then zach i know for you you are a, a crusader for diversity and inclusion and have chaired employee groups at kimberly clark and now Kraft heinz 
Can you maybe talk to us about what diversity and inclusion initiatives you found to be the most impactful at those organizations? Absolutely. So about a year and a half ago, Craft Times unveiled our new vision and values. And one of those values is we demand diversity, which was the first time I've worked for a company of this size where one of their core purposes is to drive diversity within the organization and externally. So I think in the past, business resource groups or BRGs have been primarily focused on creating an inclusive work environment for the diverse employee population, which is extremely important and we still spend a lot of time doing that. Um, but I wanted to kind of push the boundaries and see what we can do externally to drive diversity outside of the company as well. Um, so one thing that we did last year was actually I lobbied our executive leadership team and a couple of our members of the board of directors to start having more of a public stance um, outside of the company on important matters to the various um, underrepresented groups at the company. So when I first raised my hand and said, hey, let's sign the Human Rights Campaign's Coalition for the Equality Act, I got a lot of people going, hold on, you know, we're almost 200 years old and we've never done anything like this before. We don't support legislation. Um, and I said, that's fine that we've never done that before, but this is going to be the first time we do that. So I actually successfully lobbied to get the company to do something public about legislation that they've never done before. So we did sign on to that coalition. I think that was probably the most impactful work that I've done within DNI. Um, and I always like to say having an ally worth $44 billion in your corner does not hurt. No, that, that's incredible, Zach, and, and a remarkable achievement, uh, getting an organization, as you say, such a, a longstanding organization that's had an approach and a policy on, on not taking a stand on things to, to move the dial. And, and, and as you say, we need to see more of that happening, I think, across across the, the industry generally. I'm interested, though, in the context of your role in legal operations and the broader role of legal operations professionals. Do you think you're in a, in a, in a position to help drive diversity and inclusion initiatives, whether within the legal department or with law firms? And I, and I, I think it's fair to say big law has a ways to go in being more inclusive and more diverse, particularly at a leadership level. I'm interested in your perspective on how legal ops professionals can help drive that agenda. Something that really attracted me to Kraft Heinz was the diversity within the legal department. So I would say a good first step is to make sure that you are walking the talk, right? And your team represents what you want the industry to look like. Um, so our global general counsel is a black woman who is the executive sponsor of our black BRG. Our U.S. General Counsel is the executive sponsor of our Asian Pacific American BRG. I'm the chair of our LGBTQ plus BRG. So just on our legal team, we have over half of our BRGs have some leadership role within the legal department, which is pretty impressive. I think having a department statement on diversity is really important. So this is something that we just wrote last year. We included in our outside counsel guidelines and engagement letters and communicated to some of our top law firms our dedication 
And then the next step for us is gathering data. So we just started collecting diversity metrics for timekeepers last month. So I'm really excited to see some of that come in and start making decisions based on it. But I think what I've learned in all the conversations I've had with some of our top law firms and some uh, diversity consultants within the legal space is that partnering with the law firms where we want to see improvement is how we're really going to drive change within the industry, right? It's not just saying, if you don't get to this by three years from now, we're going to stop working with you. Like that doesn't benefit anyone and we can set targets. And I think it's important to have them, but I think it's more important to think together and strategize how we can build programs together to really to change. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Zach, on, on both points. Number one, I think it's important for organizations to be kind of capturing diversity and inclusion, obviously practicing what they preach firstly in terms of the level of diversity within their own legal department, but secondly, capturing data on diversity and inclusion from their from their law firms and legal service providers. I think it's it's important to have visibility on that, but I completely agree with you. I think as a general guiding principle, partnering with law firms in whatever change you're trying to implement with them, whether it's better financial management or better legal service delivery or better diversity and inclusion, I think treating it as a kind of a relationship and one in which you're both, you're both looking to mutually benefit from it, I think is, is, a, is a much more effective approach. And that's certainly been our experience with our clients who are starting to use data to manage relationships in a more holistic way. But, but understanding that these, these legal service providers, these law firms are a really important part of the kind of the legal service delivery for the organization. And, and it isn't a kind of a zero sum game and how they approach those conversations. Absolutely. I think that mindset of we're all in it together and we can't really, none of us can win if we don't all win, right? It's the one area where I think corporate law departments are excited to work with competitors. Um, it's something we do in the diversity space with our BRGs all the time is, you know, let's get Conagra and PepsiCo where maybe some of our marketers are afraid to talk to peers across the industry. And it's an area where we can all collaborate. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that, uh, Mary O'Carroll, formerly at Google, he was at Google um, and, and one of the founders of Clock was on the podcast uh, a few a few months ago and she kind of made that observation about the, the fact that almost the founding of the Clock movement came out of that fact that legal, legal departments in and of themselves are not really competing with each other and that created that space for legal ops professionals to kind of create an industry group and, and share best practices and move the, the whole industry forward in that way. And, and I'm curious, Zach, from your perspective, you obviously... You came in with, with some incredibly powerful skills into legal operations in your kind of financial grounding, in your, in your risk grounding. In terms of the, you, you mentioned the fact that you kind of went to kind of benchmark where the department was in some areas, speaking to others. Are there, have industry groups like Clock or the ACC legal operations community played an important role for you in, in your kind of learning and your kind of ability to kind of benchmark where, where things are at for Kraft Heinz? Definitely. I think, you know, there are some great webinars put on in roundtable discussions, but I think the most benefit I get from those is meeting other people struggling with the same things and then touching base with them offline, right? I think that the panel discussions are really interesting, but it's better when you can sit one-on-one -on -one with someone and discuss the issues that you're both facing. Yeah, absolutely. I know, certainly. I'm looking forward to getting back to Clock Las Vegas in May. I'm not sure if you're, if you're planning to get there yourself, but... Uh... 
yeah, it'll be nice to, to be able to be face to face with people to discuss some of these things as well. Yeah, it's on my calendar, but we'll see. It's right around the corner, so I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, f- fingers crossed, fingers crossed. And then a final, final question for me, Zach, when you're not championing diversity and inclusion or building legal operations programs, what, what do you enjoy doing in your spare time? Well, Alex, given you can see me right now, it's not a shock to say that my dogs take up a great deal of time. I have two giant dogs. One of them actually is bigger than me, and he's still a puppy. He just turned two earlier this week. Um, And then I not only have a cello hanging on my wall in my living room, but I do know how to play the cello. I don't play it as frequently as I'd like to, but occasionally it comes off the wall. Wow, it, it, it looks like a beautiful instrument. It's a nice feature on the wall in and of itself, but even more <laughs> impressive, Zach, that, that you know how to play it. And, and maybe another common theme emerging with the talented group of people that work in legal operations. Jen McCarran, who was on last week, is a, a talented musician herself. So uh, maybe maybe there's something in that. We need to form a, a legal operations orchestra or band. Yeah. I love that idea. <laughs> Great, great. Well, Zach, thank you so much for for joining us today. I really, really enjoyed our conversation and I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Alex. I'm Alex Kelly, host of the In-House Outliers podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Brightflag, an AI-powered legal operations platform where corporate legal departments gain visibility into operations, maximize productivity, and engage with outside counsel strategically. If you like this episode, then you can find more information in our show notes. If you want to hear more, then you can also find more episodes at brightflag.com forward slash legal hyphen operations hyphen podcast. Thanks again for listening to the In-House Outliers podcast. We'll see you again next time.